Coming up on Tech Thing, why is your system running slow? Home automation with Amazon's Echo, Google's now a cell provider, and more. It's all coming up on Tech Thing. Help us keep Tech Thing coming to you each and every week. Go to patreon.com slash techthing to contribute and keep us going. Thank you so much for your support of Tech Thing. Hey, I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patty Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. Except when it kicks our ass. And there's some crazy stuff going on this week. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> look what I found in Best Buy. Okay, what is that? This is a Wait, Zoom. wait, wait. Oh, wait. I, I welcome you back to the 90s. When we had things like this. <laughs> well, it's really funny. So I posted a picture of this 56K dial-up modem that was on sale. Like, it was like, you know, AC 97,000 router so over weird. here and AC 19,403 USB so adapter weird. over here. And in the middle was a 56K dial-up modem, which, as Shannon points out, is very like... It's like a car alarm. Right? Um, <laughs> And if you're you're under the age of 20 and staring at the screen right now, it's because you've never used 56K dial-up, and that's you're awesome, so and I'm so jealous. But it, I, I posted this on Twitter, and I got some amazing responses about people, you know, because either they're in rural areas still using this, <laughs> or because it's the only thing they can get in their area, or because they're dealing with systems that are they're contractually obligated oh, to dial in. Oh, yeah, good um, so, point. Turns out there's still good reasons um, to use a modem. And for everybody who's wondering why I was in Best Buy, ZOMG, 8 gigabytes up from 4 gigabytes under Windows 7. Such an improvement in performance. Oh, we'll yeah, you just that. upgraded that. We'll mm -hmm. talk about that later in this Okay, round. okay. So moving on, we got some news this morning from Google. <laughs> so, okay, so, so like 18 hours ago, Google sets to unveil wireless service. Going to use T-Mobile, going to use Sprint. And then at approximately 11 o'clock this morning, bing! on the official Google blog is a blue paragraph. No. Uh, say hi to Fi, a new way to say hello, which is essentially that Google is now a wireless provider. Hmm. So let's see. Similar to our Nexus hardware program, Project okay. Fi enables us to work in close partnership with leading carriers. Uh, Sprint ah. and T-Mobile are partnering with Google. Okay. Uh, 4G LTE. So they're running on Sprint and T-Mobile, yes. which is pretty similar to some other carriers. Yeah, it's an MMV. Like, Google's yeah. probably the most... MVNO, I believe it is. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, they have more pockets than any MVNO ever. So uh, yeah. they're going to be taking advantage of Wi-Fi to reduce mm -hmm. uh, carriage costs. Um, That's cool. And it's really interesting... Um, um, quote, Project Fi takes a fresh approach to how you pay for wireless, manage your service, and get in touch when you need help. We offer one simple plan at one price of 24-7 support. 20 bucks a month, you get all the basics, talk, text, Wi-Fi, tethering, and international coverage in 120 countries, and then it's a flat $10 per gigabyte for cellular data while in the U.S. and abroad. One gigabyte is 10 bucks a month, two gigabytes is 20 bucks a month, three gigabytes is 30 bucks a month, and so on. And if you don't use the data, you get credited for the full value, which sounds That's a lot like cool. our friends over at Ting.com. I still have a Ting subscription, except that like Ting basically stacks up the data. Google, because they have all of the money, are refunding you for the money you don't use, or the data money for the data you don't use. I can get down use. with that, but unfortunately for me, I have like no T-Mobile service where I live, so I might just have to stick with at Do you have Sprint? Well, actually, here's the thing. If you don't have kind a Nexus of? 6 right now, you're not getting on to this. You need right. a Nexus 6. Um, they pay, you, know, you don't have to pay for your unused data. Um, you know, they've got, this is a very... One moment, please. I'm going to pick up a slightly shattered Nexus 6 off the floor. <laughs> what? 
I was like, what just fell? You know Darren switching. Oh. When Nexus sticks start flying through the air. Here, you see if the screen's still in one piece. But uh, it's, you know, and okay, as you good. would expect. It still works. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the coverage map. So the 2G, 3G, 4G LTE coverage map. So and we have a Nexus 6 here. We can actually test this. I suspect we'll be doing that. Well, we'll be signing up. There's, you know, you, you can sign up if you want to try it. So um, give me a great excuse to buy another phone. Buy.google.com <laughs> because you need another phone. Right. Everybody needs phones. all the phones. Well, <laughs> I, I would probably pre-sign and request an invite before yeah. I bought the Nexus Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be I'm smart. <laughs> Something you bought that I've been having so much fun with is the yeah. Amazon Echo. In fact... <laughs> I have one right here. Alexa. The light's out. Add... Six. Sorry, I couldn't find oh. a device oh, sorry, or group named me. Lights. <laughs> oh, goodness. Alexa, add bottle of tequila to my shopping list. Bottle of tequila added to your shopping list. I've been, I've been getting... My cannon. husband's going to think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> well, we have 100... <laughs> I've added 100 rolls of toilet paper, two bottles of tequila, and a pony. <laughs> an inexpensive pony. <laughs> <laughs> to the shopping list. So I... <laughs> As cool as this is, and as fun as this is, uh, Alexa, a.k.a. the Echo, will be going home very soon. Uh, Alexa, would you like to go home? Sorry, I she didn't understand the question I heard. You know what she does get, though? Watch this. Alexa, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? That depends if it's an African or a European swallow. I love that he knows that. <laughs> it's a Monty Python thing if you're staring Alexa, at the screen right now. What is your favorite color? Alexa, what is your favorite color? Infrared is super pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I got one of these because right. I've been interested in home automation, right? right? We've been seeing it for years and years at CES. Well, it's been the running joke. Like, first it, <laughs> it was has. like, you know, okay, if you have $10,000 in a developer, you can install it. Yeah. Um, 2010, like internet. Yeah, we, we started seeing a lot of stuff in 2010, like, um, which was one of the first years right. that I went to CES. We saw like internet connected LEDs and lighting. Right. We saw like media centers, which is also kind of HTPC similar in that sense. In 2011, we saw a lot more smart TVs. Mm -hmm. So instead of your home theater PCs, lots more smart TVs, lots more LEDs. <laughs> Philips Hue, for example, right. that was a big name. But we also saw an onset of like automated door locks which right. still kind of scare me. Thermostats, home security cameras, stuff like that. And then uh, in 2012, we started seeing the Belkin. So Belkin right. made a huge appearance back then, a few years ago. And they've still been a big name with their Wemo plugins, right. uh, the little switches. Well, there's literally with a, a plug and switch and then light switches and then yeah. all of a sudden internet-connected crockpots. Yeah, um, crockpots. <laughs> but what's been kind of crazy is for the first couple of years, first it was very proprietary. Mm -hmm. Then there were like two major competing systems. Right. And if you were, went with this system, you could control products from these vendors, and this system would control products from those vendors, and now everything seems to be it, it, It's starting to co-mingle with each other. I, they're starting to be BFFs, right. and they're starting to use the same apps for lots of different integration. So yeah. even like in 2014, we saw DIYers being able to buy development kits from all these big-name brands. Right. So we've been seeing a lot more openness with all these brand names, and that's gotten me more excited about home automation now in 2015. So back this year in CES, we didn't see a lot more, right. but we saw 
a lot more brands well, coming out with the same stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, you know, if you want to get into home automation, the cheapest, fastest way to do it is start playing around with light bulbs, yeah. right? You know, because it's kind of funny, like, because the, the stuff floating around my house right now, it's like, oh, you know, Apple's got home kits. Yeah. And of course, you know, Logitech came out with Harmony Home Control. Right. And of course, now there's, you know, oh, oh, by the way, we have a Nest thermometer and Nest <laughs> is trying to get into the home automation control yep. system, which brings us to the... The Amazon, Amazon Echo. Echo. So this thing, you can either call it Echo or you can call it Alexa. Oh, good. It didn't hear me. And those Alexa. Are the only two names that it will go by at the moment. It probably won't understand a word that we just said. Yeah. Okay. It just turned off. But yeah, it, this is the first time that I've been playing with a home automation tool that also enables me to use other brand name products in the same application. Well, so, I mean, it's funny because like I, I was making humor earlier as I'm ordering more and more toiletry products for <laughs> Shannon, but it is always on, it is always listening, yeah. and therefore I don't have to pull a remote out of my pocket and start clicking on menus. So I've been using on. this in my kitchen when mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, baking, which I totally always do because I'm an amazing baker, not really, but <laughs> I use it for like my shopping list, which is great for my groceries because mm -hmm. it just automatically syncs to the app on my phone. I've also been using it to get the weather because right. I don't want to walk outside of my PJs in the morning. <laughs> Alexa, what's the temperature? Right now in Richmond, it's 57 degrees with cloudy skies. Today's forecast and she gives is you a forecast. clouds with it's a so high cute. of 66 and a low of 49. So then I just happened to get this in the mail because I had to pre-order it from Prime. Uh, it was $199 or $149 if you have Prime. Mm -hmm. When I bought it, it was $99 as an early adopter, I guess, thing that they had going. Mm -hmm. But now they enabled Philips Hue lights to work with the Amazon Echo, okay. as well as Belkin Wemo switches and some Belkin Wemo like door, the door motion detectors right. and things like that. Just a few of the different products. So I just happened to get the light switch so I could test it with that. And I was actually pretty impressed with how well it worked. I just have to talk to it normally as opposed to like being, I don't know, completely monotone at the thing like I do with Google sometimes. Alexa, turn on the Wemo. Okay. There it is. <laughs> I'm still not used to voice activated things actually working when I talk to them. Yeah, I'm not either. Part of why I'm just talking you do, at it a you lot. You do have I to apologize. pause. You do have to pause and wait for the lights to complete the circle. Well, watch, watch the circle. Yeah. Here, I'll hold it up. Alexa. Turn the Wemo off. Okay. And then it thinks, and then it turns off. So funny. So can, it totally works. Can you can you group Wemos? Can I turn like all yeah. of the living room lights on? Yeah, you off, can group or? them, or you can also name them different things. So if I had one in the kitchen, I could say, you know, Echo, turn off the kitchen light, and then it would turn off the kitchen light. But you have to make sure you name them different things, right. or name the group a certain group name for all of them to turn off or on on the same time. But yeah, it has all those abilities in the application itself, mm -hmm. so you never even have to deal with the Wemo application, which I really hate. <laughs> <laughs> Setting that thing up was horrible. So the the Echo, I, I'm pretty happy with it so far. I've only had it for about two weeks now. It just sits in my kitchen and does its pretty little thing, but it works. I'm, I'm very satisfied with the product. Good and job, it's Amazon. A too. It, yeah, it is. I, I can play some music on it. Uh, let's see. Alexa. Play some music. Here's a popular Prime playlist of tempo pop for work. <laughs> this is my heartbeat song and Stop Alexa. before we get sued or take down Stop. notice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Play like two seconds Sorry, and then just be like, I didn't nope. get that. Here, I'll turn down the volume. 
So I can turn up the volume and turn it down. It's cool. I, I got to say, I, I, I am much more impressed with Echo than I thought I could be. Yeah, I was too. I was like, oh, I'm going to set this up, but I already have a Sonos thing at home, so I don't think I'm ever going to listen to music on it. But I do. I still use it for you know the music, but mostly it's for setting timers, looking up stuff on the internet, uh, weather ordering reports, shopping lists, ordering tequila Surprise. off Amazon. <laughs> well, you, you do get to check. You can also do one-click shopping with it, so don't buy anything. I know what you're thinking. Oh, really? I don't. They turned that on already? Don't buy anything. Oh, it's going to be expensive <laughs> week at Shannon's house. Oh, my goodness. So, fun times. Fun times. We should probably find out, speaking of fun times, what's going on over at Hack 5. Hey, I'm Darren from Hack 5 and all the other fun shows that we do over at hack5.org. And we have an awesome show this week where we're talking about Jitsi. It is basically like rolling your own Google Hangouts WebRTC. It's a really cool way to collaborate. You can do video conferencing for free and easy. We show you how to build servers to do just that, as well as so much more when it comes to geolocating people's Wi-Fi. It's lots of fun. Check it out over at hak5.org. It is now time for a rapid fire round. This week's Patrick is going to explain why he was looking at a 56K modem at Best Buy because I'm very interested in why. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Okay, go. We'll get to the modem thing in a second. First up, <laughs> we got a great question from at Lonely Mango, aka John Vito, at Patrick Norton. If you're doing the screensavers now, what's happening to Shannon and Tech Thing? <laughs> okay, nada, actually. Um, <laughs> It was, it was kind of funny. So my buddy Leo up at Twit decided to do a new show called The New Screensavers. And it's kind of funny because they booked me to do something special on May 2nd. And right. I found on the 10th anniversary of the Twit show, which I was on last Sunday, which you should go check out at twit.tv if you haven't seen it yet. It's a lot of fun. Me, Robert Heron, Roger, mm -hmm. John C. Dvorak, Leo. Um, I found out that the thing on May 2nd is actually the premiere episode of The New Screensavers that Leo's putting together. Tech thing. Totally my day gig. It's what I do. It's what I do for you. It's what I do for us. It's how I feed my children. Tech thing is not going away. Yay. Yay. And we got an email from Byron who asked ask at techthing.com. Hi, Patrick. I'm building an HTPC to connect to my Samsung 8500 4K TV. I would like to know, will one GPU be sufficient? At the moment, the store I go to is telling me to buy the MSI or Asus GTX 974G. Is it overkill or just nice? Will one be enough or do I need to consider getting two? I only plan to download and watch videos and web browse, so gaming for me is out of the question since I've bought an Xbox One. Regards from Byron. Oh my goodness. So, hmm. if you're not gaming, you do not need a GTX 970. 3D gaming on 4K at 60 hertz, you probably want two of them running in SLI. Seriously, you can technically run the 4K screen, the UHD screen, off an APU and an AMD processor or the integrated graphics in the new Intel processors. It'll just run slow. And by the way, if you don't have HDMI 2.0 output, you're not going to get 60 hertz on that 4K Good system. Point. What you want are that HDTV. You want 60 hertz, except for, say, 24 frames per second movies. I would get the cheapest HDMI 2.0 card I could find. 2.0 is going to support 60 hertz refresh rates at 4K UHD, 1.4 maxed out at 30 hertz. Now, the reason your friends at the shop are saying the GTX 970 is because the 970 and the 980 were the first two GPUs from NVIDIA that had HDMI 2.0. So 
and you're looking at that, it's like, oh, $337, $335, $340. Well, take a look at this, kids. The GTX 970 came out recently, and there's lots of good AMD cards, but I like the fact for a home theater PC that the G NVIDIA cards consume so much less power and therefore will be quieter in most yeah. operations. A GTX 960 is running 200 to 260, 200 to 240 bucks. So around 220 bucks, let's say. You get HDMI 2.0, so it'll run 4K at 60 hertz. And the 960 has something the GTX 970 and 980 don't, a built-in H.265 decoder. Should nice. anything decide to take advantage of it, it will keep the unbelievably processor taxing H.265 <laughs> decoding <laughs> off of your CPU and put it on the GPU. Thank you for that answer. I Very just, thorough. I was having fun with that. <laughs> I can tell. I, I have issues. By and the way. What? No, go for it. <laughs> Number three? Number Are you three. ready? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Will adding more RAM speed up my system? In my case, it turns out, yes, which is why I was in Best Buy finding modems. Uh, so it's kind of funny. People were like freaking out. You were buying memory in Best Buy. It must have been an emergency because I said it was an emergency memory. Well, it turns out the memory at Best Buy was $7 less than the same gigabytes on oh, Amazon. So Really? Me, really. Wow, that's yeah, surprising. Yeah, Best Buy is getting pretty competitive on their uh, pricing. So check this out. This is, if let me make this a little bigger. This is the Windows Task Manager, and this is my memory. Memory utilization. Oh my gosh. Well, here's the thing. You don't necessarily, this is not necessarily a bad thing if your system's running properly because right. like Windows is going to cram a bunch of stuff in cache in system memory if you're not using that system memory for something else. However, if I go over here, you'll notice at the same time, this is the my beloved, I love it so much, uh, the resource monitor. If you've never played around with this, it's a little tab at the bottom of the task manager. So control, alt, delete. Uh, click on the tab for the task manager, and if you look down here, uh, of course I have the CPU here and not the disk, which is unfortunate. So let me go and see if I have the disk usage. Doo -doo -doo. Oh, there it is. So when your memory, Whoa. when you've maxed out your memory and your disk usage looks like this, this means you're constantly swapping oh back and forth to the hard drive, and you may notice your system is like taking like 30 seconds to respond to typing the letter E. Yeah. So when I dropped in, and it's kind of funny, um, it's not funny at all. It's kind of awesome. When I dropped in a single 8 gigabyte stick of RAM, mm -hmm. uh, all of the problems went away because it was still sitting at that like wow. 3.7-ish gigabytes of memory usage, but it was no longer running things back and forth to the hard drive in cache. Whoa. And in case you're going, but Patrick, you need dual channel for performance. You obviously missed us talking about this awesome article at GamersNexus.net, RAM performance benchmark, single channel versus dual channel, does it matter? In real life, no. In benchmarks, slightly. So yeah. I took one 8 gigabyte stick from my pack and I put it in my low cost PC and the other one's going into my Core i5 rendering PC which will now nice. have something along the lines of 12 gigabytes or 16 gigabytes of RAM. So I got awesome. two upgrades for two systems out of one trip <laughs> to Best Buy and found out that Best Buy's prices are getting competitive, but you should still always check online because mm -hmm. they have price matching, including price matching with a lot of online vendors like Amazon.com. I think it's called a red tag that can read barcodes in the Google Play Store. I use that whenever I go shopping. Or just Amazon search for the product. I'm just saying, though. <laughs> you know what? Just it's, it's, it's always nice to know where the nearest place to get RAM is until they shut down at 9 o'clock. Central Computer for me <laughs> is 8 o'clock. Radio Shack. It's just, just Fries! You know, if it's 9 o'clock and you need memory, where can you go? <laughs> I'm just saying. Tweet at TechThing if you've got a question for us. We want to hear from you or go to Facebook.com slash TechThing where we interact and get social. I like getting social on the Facebook. He does. That's really creepy. We'll be right back. Yes. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, I love each and every one of you because people like you going to patreon.com slash tech thing are making this show tech thing. Keep coming back week after week. You're feeding my children, you're feeding Shannon's family, and you are awesome. If you'd like to help keep tech thing going, do us a favor, visit patreon.com slash tech thing. And if you don't have any money to donate, we got it. It's cool. Send in questions, share the shows with your friends, and let people know that tech thing's out there and getting more awesome each and every week with your help. Thanks so much. We're back and we got an email from Nicolina. They said, hello, I spend a lot of time in front of the computer, at home, at work, <laughs> etc. Most days, all day long. And I know it's really bad for the eyes, especially. Could you guys speak a little about eye protection in the show? I take breaks often, use UV 400 glasses when working. Maybe silly, but hey, it may help. I'm not sure how to take better care of my eyes. I would appreciate any advice. Thanks from Nicolina. Thank cool. you. Yeah, I mean, that's for, a good question. It's a great question. Uh, My eyes are horrible. Well, <laughs> your eyes might have been horrible without computers. They though. were, yeah, because they started when I was like four or five, and I had these huge glasses. My eyes have been getting worse and worse, in part because of the amount of time I've spent in front of computers. However, okay, first up, taking breaks, number one best thing you can do. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, but seriously, I can relate. To this back when dirt was still rocks and I was still working in Photoshop <laughs> professionally, it was like one dot something. I had all of the major symptoms of eye strain. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna take us straight to the MayoClinic.org website because they are a vetted source. Do you hear me, spouse creature? I am looking at a vetted <laughs> source on the internet. Um, eye strain signs and symptoms include sore, tired, burning, or itching eyes, watery eyes, dry eyes, blurred or double vision. I've had blurred vision from working on a computer, mm -hmm. headaches, sore neck, sore back, shoulder pain, increased sensitivity to light, difficulty focusing. Um, and it's, it's, you know, so I'm like, I'm 20 something. I have amazing yeah. vision. I can read like four point type across the room. And all of a sudden, I'm like having difficulty focusing and my brain hurts. And, and the optometrist said, Do you work at a computer? And I said, mm -hmm. Yes. And the optometrist said, How often do you take a break? And I said, Every four or six hours, whether I need a break or not. And the optometrist said, I'll give you an eye exam just in case, but you need to take a break every 20 minutes and focus <laughs> on something that's not your screen. Okay. So, um, you know, the Mayo Clinic actually has some really good stuff here, uh, as they do. Uh, lifestyle and home remedies, right? You know, when doing close-up work, make sure you have light that's well-directed. They have a whole giant section on tips for computer work. And a couple of the big ones are adjusting your position. Oh, yeah. Making sure uh, your lighting is proper and you reduce glare. For example, if you are a lead coder dude and you like to work in a black room of mystery with a really bright monitor. Talking to you, Darren. Yes, I'm talking to you, Gary. <laughs> this is going to maximize the potential eye strain situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you you generally like make sure there's no glare. To do that, you turn the monitor off, and you see if there's big streaks across your monitor. Then you adjust oh. uh, the lighting. I particularly like F. Lux. Uh, it will actually manipulate the color temperature of the screen. It's Not great. Yeah, it, it's awesome. If you're doing sort of like fine detailed Pantone color work on your screen, not so awesome. But if you're like typing at four in the morning, um, mm -hmm. it will automatically warm up the light in the wee small hours of the morning and cool it back down during the day. Um, a lot of people mock them, but there is actually science behind uh, the glasses put out by oh, Gunner. yeah, I have Gunner glasses. You know, uh, really I have, nice. I've had people who've used them and like them mm -hmm. a lot. Um, they do prescription versions too, but really, I gotta say, you're already doing the best thing. Um, do yourself a favor. Every, you know, let me just read the quote straight off of the Mayo Clinic website. <laughs> a good rule of thumb is to follow the 20-20-20 rule. Every 20 minutes, take your eyes off your computer and look at something 20 feet away for at least 
20 seconds. Okay. It's reasonable to take a break every 15 to 30 minutes for one to three minutes and then do other work such as uh, phone calls, filing during this time. Try to stand up and move around at least once every hour or so. Okay. Um, if you've never gone to an optometrist, if you're in your 20s or 30s, hit the optometrist every two years or if they start to hurt. By the time you're in your late 30s and early 40s, you should be getting annual eye exams. And do yourself a favor, go adjust your monitor right now. Links to that Mayo Clinic article that tell you how to set it up and how to keep you from hurting yourself are at the show page at techthing.com. So Patrick, we got lots and lots of feedback about all those different Chrome privacy extensions mm -hmm. that I was talking about a couple of weeks back. So I wanted to share a little bit of the feedback that we got from you guys, specifically <laughs> from our Facebook over at facebook.com slash tech thing. Uh, the first one is from John. He said, I found that using a vast Chrome extension provides a nice combo of ad blocking and track blocking, interestingly enough. I don't believe that it goes as far as to block scripts though. Although just disabling flash from running without clicking on it, which is a Chrome option, stops a lot of ads in their tracks even if they get a chance to load and you can find that over on the chrome web store it's called avast online security and our second one is from brent also on facebook he said about the chrome extensions i use script safe because it basically filters javascript based on domains that i trust i got that one from steve gibson who is an excellent podcast by the way if you guys haven't checked him out i don't mind the ads so much as following strangers to run code on my computer so i focus on the scripts and that second one is over at ScriptSafe on the Google Chrome Store. Yay. Oh my goodness. Hey, we also received some great suggestions for running Ethernet over 300 feet. Joe says, yeah. being an IT manager for a small city, I am always looking to do more with less. And this question I've resolved several times. I have used the Ubiquiti several generations older than the new ones, products you mentioned with great success at one mile. They are rock solid and a very good option. I recently replaced a couple close to 300 foot Cat5 runs with pre-cut and terminated 315 foot two pair single mode outdoor fiber I got on eBay wow. for about 135 bucks and a pair of gigabit media converters for $125. I use Ubiquiti point to point and their Unify APs all over. They are very rock solid install and forget products. As you can see, fiber can be a lot cheaper than it used to be. Joe, thanks for the heads up on that. Yeah. And it always amazes me what I can find on eBay. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing, Bill writes, Patrick and Shannon, this is in response to Dan's email about providing ethernet to a building 300 feet from his house. I have a detached garage with ethernet from my house. Although it is much closer than 300 feet, I was able to solve the problem with ethernet over power line units. I had problems with directional Wi-Fi because of trees. If his buildings are furnished power from the electrical panel in his house, he may be able to solve his problem with a pair of units similar to the ones I have. I'm using D-Link's AV500. I have another AV500 unit in my attic. You need one cable directly into your LAN and plugged into a power outlet and the additional units plugged into remote power outlets. Bill in Huntsville, Alabama, and it's an awesome suggestion. You guys are so creative. They're so awesome. <laughs> There's tens of thousands of you and just two of us. So there are. So thank you, every one of you, for that feedback and all those different options that you yeah. guys share with us. It's always really good to hear what you guys think. So send over those tips and all your questions to ask at techthing.com yeah. because we want to hear from you. You have really good ideas. It's your show. <laughs> it Tell is. Tell us where to go with it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That wraps up this episode of Tech Thing. If you like, do us a favor. Subscribe at techthing.com. There's links in every single show page and youtube.com slash techthing if you're a YouTube kind of person. And before we go, have you backed up your system or your phone lately? Go do, do it. it now. Right now. And remember, once in a while, put down the phone, step away from the screen, close the laptop, and do step something away. analog. Step away. Like going to a theme cafe. Oh, no.
Okay. If you live in Japan, you're probably similar, f- familiar with these, but I just discovered them. There's owl cafes, and there's cat cafes, and there's even a Sailor Moon cafe called Cafe Talisman, apparently. It's in, like, Okinawa or something. I'm super excited. But this one is called, it's Japan, Japan's Owl Cafes. Live owls Where you can either, you can pet them while you're drinking your teas, or you can just hang out with them and watch them in the different cages that they are in. Nothing Little. says refreshing, tasty tea break like an owl pal. Look at this. Look, they're just pellet. chilling with the owls. Owl they're like, pellet, hey guys, not what's up? Palette. I'd like to see an owl palette. I kind of, I want to go to the owl cafe. You ever seen an owl pellet come out of an owl? Um, I, bet you can find one <laughs> I don't generally too. watch for those. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Ain't no party like an owl pellet party because an owl pellet party don't stop. I'm Patrick Norton. I'm Shannon Morse. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Tech Thing. We got to go get oxygen for our lovely producers. <laughs>